This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. Welcome into the first of three podcasts that MarketScale will be releasing of conversations that took place at the Digital Signage Expo 2019 in Las Vegas. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. And this show was particularly interesting because of some of the major themes that have developed over the past several years, primarily the advancement of data and analytics. And a lot of the buzz around the industry has been about customizing content based on the preferences of the person viewing the signage and ways to go about doing that. So in a way, creating tailored experiences for individuals and data and analytics play a major role in that. And you'll hear some people talk just about how important it is to know who your customers are and data and analytics obviously play a massive role in that. So we're going to talk about that with Rich Ventura, the vice president of strategy for NEC Display Solutions. And he's going to talk about where we were five years ago compared to where we are now and also the growth of the Digital Signage Federation, which helps lead people through the industry and helps them understand uh, the industry that they're walking into, basically. And so he's going to talk to us about those things. Then we're going to talk to Bart DeCana, founder and CEO of Sofitar personalized displays and he's going to talk about adding context to digital signage and so he says that digital signage without context is just another tv screen so we're going to talk about what that context is and how it's added and finally we're going to have a chat with Penn arthur he's the co-founder of enhanced digital and they're really doing some advanced things really creating unique experiences for people and staying on the cutting edge of technology like ar vr so he's going to talk about ways that augmented reality can really come into everyday life and how he sees the future playing out in that way. So three really interesting, fascinating interviews coming up here on the podcast today. Let's start off with Rich Ventura, Vice President of Strategy for NEC Display Solutions. So we're here at uh, DSE 2019, and as much as this is a digital signage show, this also seems to be a show, especially this year, revolving a lot around analytics. What are you doing right now with analytics, and what do you have here that you can kind of show people uh, as far as data goes? Yeah, you know, analytics is really, and then data is really changing our industry. Um, I, I led a session this morning talking about big data and analytics and retail, uh-huh. um, and I had some great retailers up there, and we were talking about this, and we said, Five years ago, we talked about analytics and said, it's something we gotta think about, right? But everything was so focused on the bright and shiny, the content, the bigger screens, all that stuff. In these last five years, we've had three major things happen. One is the, the, the explosion of IoT devices. There's so many devices going on there. The second is the explosion of cloud services. Mm-hmm. And the third is all is uh, data privacy issues. Those three things are really critical in driving this industry. So IoT devices, are really helping us understand the foot traffic, uh, understand the engagement, where they're engaging, where they're not engaging, but there's all that data coming up, right? Cloud services are now taking, instead of all these big server farms in our businesses, it's all in the cloud. I remember when we first talked about the cloud, everybody kind of looked up in the air and said, no, you gotta understand, it's, it means that it's virtual, it's not there. Mm-hmm. And then all this data privacy from everything from uh, uh, having data that's been stolen from social media to retailers, everything, so there's this paranoia. And there, but there's all these laws, GDPR, California Privacy Act, there's a bill even on the Senate floor right now. We look at all those things. And we, we ideated and built uh, this platform called ALP, uh, ALP mm-hmm. uh, Analytics Learning Platform. We announced ALP Pro 
uh, yesterday, which is really taking Alpha's is, is the beginning stage, which is looking at things like uh, anonymous video analytics and being able to drive content towards age, gender, uh, towards weather outside, giving you information on traffic patterns, things like that. Alp Pro takes it to another level. It's adding things like variance reporting and, and the efficiency of your content and whether that content's truly driving the message you want to do. But then even going to the point of actually telling you what is the right content you should be playing based on the location you're at, your demographics, and so on and so forth. So analytics is a massive business for NEC as a whole. We own one of the largest uh, uh, globally known uh, facial recognition security platforms. Wow. Uh, this is an anonymous platform, so it's taking a lot of our core capabilities that we've learned over analytics all these years and take it to an anonymous space so that we can truly deliver, I hate to use this cliche, but deliver the right message to the right audience. It's really delivering the right engagement and building the right experiences by understanding who your audience is, but still remaining anonymous. I think you made a really interesting point just right off the top, just that five years ago, it was all about bright, shiny, beautiful screens, and it looks so great and that sort of thing. And the screens still look amazing, but now it's about really tailoring that content to make sure that you're creating the most engaging thing at that moment for particular customers. Um, where do you see that going in the future, just as we continue to build on this uh, five years out from now? Uh, you know, wh wh Where is this going? So I have the joy and I have the uh, pain of being the strategy, the vice president strategy. <laughs> My job is looking three, five years out, yeah. right? So if we look at where the industry's going, um, you kind of almost have to take a step back of a, of a really important statement. And it's, it's been brought up in multiple conver conversations today and yesterday. We had this conversation of saying, just because we can, should we? So this whole thing is, just because I can target somebody, should I be targeting them? Mm -hmm. Just because I can use this data to do this, should I be doing this? We're now at that stage of, why aren't we? Sure. Right, so now if I look at these next few years here, we've got the capabilities of anonymously uh, gathering data. We can understand traffic patterns, we can understand heat mapping. We can start understanding the effectiveness of content, right? So then you go, okay, we can do that. Why aren't we doing it? Mm -hmm. We're always talking about it at these shows that we can do it, but you've got, you've got a lot of paranoia, but also you've got accuracy issues, you've got all those things. That's where platforms like Alp become so important because it is built truly from the ground up of understanding the customer needs and what we need to do. So if you look at the future, uh, it's really about how does this continue to dynamically grow? Uh, we, talk, we used to always use the comment, let's go back to the five years ago, the bright, shiny objects. We said that content was king. Everything was about content. Mm -hmm. At the same time, everything was about ROI. Two very distinct conversations here. Yeah. ROI and content don't play well together, right? Because <laughs> um, you can spend millions of dollars on that content, but how do you measure the effectiveness of that content? That's where ROI started, right? But right. actually, we have two other really important comments, ROO and ROE, return on objective and return on, on experience, right? So everything's about experience and engagement. So if you look at these next three years, everything is about how do I measure this against experiences? What experiences am I building? What's the engagement? Is it, we used to always think about the one-to-many for digital out-of-home. Now it's just one-to-fewer, but still remaining anonymous without the personalization. It's bringing the, the in-store environment uh, the online environment in store, it's doing all these changes. So you look at these next three to five years, it's gonna be about how do we drive the experiences differently? How do we engage differently? How do we do things like touch without touching a display? Mm -hmm. You probably saw the articles talking about fecal matter on kiosks and restaurants. <laughs> we gotta do something yeah, different. Yeah. Um, I tell everybody the main reason that we, we exist is to listen to our customers and their needs and what do they want and what are their challenges and what are their use cases that they want to have. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we drive to that? That's what's going to be the next three to five years. For me to say this is going to happen, this, 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 I'd be lying if I said that. 
I'd be too good. I should be betting on uh, uh, the Sweet 16 and say and get perfect brackets, right? Instead, it should be what's going to happen these next three to five years is we're going to continue to listen to our customers. We're going to mm-hmm. still listen to those case, use cases. We're going to understand the technology needs, and we're going to look at how do we develop bigger, better, faster, stronger technologies that helps increase experiences, engagement, drive a better understanding of their environment. Do customers have a good idea of what they want to collect data-wise, or is that something that sometimes you have to come in and say, uh, "These are uh, this is good data to have, this is not good data to have, this is reliable, this is unreliable? Do you ever have those conversations with customers where you sit down to try to get down to more of the nitty-gritty of what they really need and to the heart of that and help provide that kind of data? You know, so... First off, let's talk about retail, because retail is the easiest one when we talk about yeah. data. They're in data paralysis. They have so much data. Right. I mean, they've got their website, then they may have a mobile app, then they may have digital signage, they have their point of sale, their inventory, tracking, you go to blah, 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 right? Like Kiosks. they've been told you have to collect data, you have to have this, and, and now they have, but now what? And they got terabytes upon terabytes of all this data, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest problems we're finding is a lot of these retailers are manually understanding their data. So they're taking in their transaction information and their engagement, and they're mainly in spreadsheets, believe it or not, and doing this, right? Yeah. Or they're using Microsoft Dynamics or things like that. That is a big problem. And they don't know what to So now they've gone and they've crunched all this data. But what do they do with the data? That's now we have data scientists. That's the new buzz position that's in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just so much data. We help them understand what data they should be measuring, uh, but at the same time, we also help them, let's help them first, let's clean up the data they have. Sure. And that's where Alp becomes really important to them in Alp Pro is taking those data, doing the data inputs, cr- crunching it down, kicking out them to reports, understanding and aligning that, and let's help them start making sense of that data. Then, as, as they start deploying through Alp Pro, then we start looking at customization of the reports. What other things do they need? Maybe the CEO wants to see this, the CIO wants to see this, the CMO wants to see this, the CFO wants to see this. That becomes customization reporting. Maybe regionally they want to know this. But it's how do you get them closer and closer to that customer with the data? That's what we're trying to do. And so, yes, there's some consulting in that. And it's not necessarily NEC. It could be our partners that we're bringing into this. It could be uh, tying in with their data scientists and helping them understand things more. Mm-hmm. And also showing those retailers what's really happening so they can make some better decisions. Absolutely. That's, that's a really fascinating aspect of things. And uh, when, when you bring Alp into it, I think that that... Um, can really help improve, I, I suppose, the, the context by which like people are viewing uh, customer actions in their store and that sort of thing, and adding context to the uh, what they have on screens and what they're putting out there, so that it's not just uninformed, but you're you're bringing that context into things, which I think is is vitally important to the overall operation of what they're doing. Yeah, I mean it, that's where ROO is so important. I mean, you're defining your objectives, how you're going to measure it, what are you using for measurement. Uh, you're defining your hypothesis. Did you meet your hypothesis? Do you make changes? That's, that's defining your objectives and working through it. Too many times we go immediately to the ROI and go, I'm going to spend a million dollars. I expect to get this much back, right? There are so much soft benefits that, are, that you can't normally measure. That's where ROO comes in. Then return on experiences and engagement, right? So now we're looking at what is that engagement? How many times am I getting a frequent shopper over and over again in my environment? How many times are they engaging with me? Are they engaging with social media? Are they engaging here? You're measuring all those things. That will truly define what I always tell everybody. ROI is a personal journey. It's a personal discussion. You can't get to that finite until you define your objectives, measurement, and the engagements. Then it gets you to that level. And a lot of what you're describing sounds like things that e-commerce has had for a little while, just understanding, okay, repeat customers, people coming back and that sort of thing. But uh, 
brick and mortar, traditional brick and mortar retailers haven't always had that kind of data. So they, uh, this is still a discovery process for them to a certain extent. It is. And that's why Amazon with Amazon Go stores and there's so much nervousness to that. And there's a lot of these other types of pop-up stores, mm -hmm. which can transaction turn things very quickly. The less nimble, bigger department brands, they struggle. Yeah. And we've seen that. I mean, we unfortunately have seen brands go away. And it's that nimbleness they've lost because of Amazon and because of uh, smaller boutique type stores and things like that. This tool is designed to help level the playing ground and playing field and really help them understand what's going on in their environment and then what should they be doing to really drive up and increase engagement. From your perspective, uh, are you following developments in 5G at all? And would that impact at, at all the data you're able to collect and, and change the game at all for you? 5G is going to change everybody's game. So 5G in the digital signage world first gives us the ability of we can put a screen anywhere. So all kiosks become even flexible. Uh, smart city kiosks, you go down the list of it. 5G, all the data throughput allows us to do more with that. 5G means also more IoT devices. More connectivity, which guess what that means? More data. Which guess what that means? More consumption of cloud services, which yeah. guess what it means? Better understanding of your audience, right? So things like so 5G is massively important. Um, these we've been talking about 5G for a while, and we really need 5G to meet that um, that that commitment that we all know 5G is supposed to do. That alone is going to really dramatically transform this entire industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, how are you kind of preparing now for that, what feels like an inevitable eventuality, right? You know, it, it's, it's coming. So what are you doing today to prepare for that tomorrow? Uh, it's engaging a lot with the telcos. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have relationships with Verizon and uh, T-Mobile and AT&T, so that's important. Um, it's understanding what is the computer plat what all the computer platforms are working towards this, so working closely with our partners at Intel, understanding our partners at BrightSign, other partners, what are they doing to integrate air cards or integrate 5G into that, um, working with our device uh, partners and understanding what can they do from a uh, device perspective and communicating through their platform 5G, and then really understanding and educating our customers what does 5G really mean to them and helping them set their right expectations as well. How does an event like this help you foster those relationships with partners like you mentioned earlier, where you're just kind of all in one room, all seeing what everybody is doing? Um, is that helpful at all just for the, uh, the overall health of the, of the industry? So those who know me know really well I'm very much about our partnerships and our engagements and our mm -hmm. relationships. Um, I'm also the former chairman of the Digital Science Federation. I'm the chairman emeritus. And the core of the DSF, is also the same core I carry. The core of the DSF is about education, it's about engagement, it's about building relationships, it's about fostering the industry and growing the industry. Same thing for us. That's what it's about. If you build a strong ecosystem that has a very strong foundation to it, you're gonna do some amazing things. If you don't, you just piece match a bunch of things together and hope it all stays, you're, you're not gonna, you're gonna be gone, right? So DSE, um, I was looking at it the other day, I think we, we've got 16 years at DSE now. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy. This show is, it's evolved. Mm -hmm. It started from a little pop-up tabletop event that we really just showed what the displays were. And most of it was smaller displays. It wasn't even what we have today. Yeah. And where it's evolved to today where you've got data and you've got instant triggering, you've got smart kiosks outside, you've got direct view LEDs changing things, you've got all this stuff happening. I, I use a really common term when I talk about this industry. I use the term chaos. Kiosk means that we're growing, we're healthy, we're not staying on the status quo. That's what an event like this is so important. It shows chaos. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's easy to walk into a room like this and see screens everywhere and just kind of, 
initially be overwhelmed, but that's cool. That's progress. Well, that's, I think, one of the big, I think that's one of the big disadvantages we have somebody who's never been to DSC before is they walk in and go, what do I start? You go to the front row, it's all screen guys. Yeah. Right? We're all sitting there. Where do I start? Who do I believe? What do I listen to? And that's why, like, the Digital Science Federation is so important uh, because we help lead tours and take people through. And there's boot camps that are tied in with DSC, first-time attendees. And it's all about helping them understand what they're about to walk into because it is very much – it's very overwhelming when you walk into this for the first time. Yeah, and there's almost – because there's such a specific almost lingo and terminologies and things like that that are specific to this industry, it feels like it's almost – Familial. It's almost, you know, kind of a, a group of people that all knows each other and speaks the same language to a certain extent, um, which can be intimidating for people at, at first. But I think that you're right. Having organizations like that uh, really do help people kind of work their way in and find the solutions that work best for them. Yeah, it does. And we actually there was a very large announcement. Um, and I don't think a lot of people, especially outsiders, don't understand the significance of this. Yesterday, an announcement was made where we took. Uh, the DSF, uh, Geopath, which is audience measurement for out of home, uh, the DPAA, which is a place-based organization, OAAA, which is the Outdoor Advertising Association, IAB, which is the Advertising Bureau, uh, and a few others. We got together about nine months ago. We took all the senior leadership, and we basically got on the phone or got in a room. We agreed to build an industry best practices, an industry glossary, an industry standardization document. That document was released yesterday to the entire industry for Fascinating. free, yeah. no charge. That needs to happen more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, coming as former chair, and I'm chairman emeritus, but I challenged my, you know, our current chairman. I've challenged the chairs, the presidents of all the other associations. This doesn't end. This is not a one-time thing. The industry only evolves and moves forward when others work together. And you check your egos, you check your associations, to, and work together. Now, I'm not saying the associations dump what they do. That's not what I'm saying, but we have to work together. Everybody has a piece of this. If we, draw, if we drive this industry forward together, it's amazing how much this industry will change and evolve. That was, that was a massive, very important thing that happened. And it's the first time it's ever happened in our industry. Yeah. That's fascinating and uh, good for you. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's great stuff. So I'm just kind of uh, sitting here imagining a, a better future for the industry uh, because of that work. Well, it's the maturity of the industry. Mm -hmm. and, and, sure. you know, and that's where we look at, so from an NEC perspective, we look at that and how important that is because we're very much about building uh, the industry up and developing stronger ties to the industry and make sure we're delivering the right products. I mean, with our direct view LED products, our projection. If you think about it, you can go to NEC and we can give you projection for, lar for projection mapping in large-scale venues. We can give you direct view LED for large-scale venues. Mm -hmm. Traditional LCDs, touch panels, uh, video walls. You go down and list it. A full uh, spectrum of product offerings. We do that for a reason. Not just because we can. It's because we need to. You, the customers, you have to be able to give a customer multiple ways that we can solve their, pro their, their challenges. I don't use the term problems, it's their challenges. Sure. And help them define their objectives and work through it. It's display technologies. I mean, mm -hmm. there's multiple ways of doing it. Absolutely. Well, imagining a better future, pushing us that direction. I appreciate you joining me today, Rich Venture of NEC. Thank you so much, man. No, thanks for having us.
Thanks to Rich Ventura for joining us there. And I really appreciated what he said at the end of that interview there, just about DSF and helping guide people into an industry that can be intimidating at times when there's terminology that you might not understand or lingo that you don't get. Um, and it also feels just like a very close-knit community. So I appreciate what he said about DSF and uh, the way that it's helping people uh, get into the industry. All right, coming up next is my conversation with Bart DeCana, the founder and CEO of Sofitard Personalized Displays. We're going to talk about adding context to digital signage. What does that mean? He's going to explain it coming up next here on the Market Scale DSE podcast. All right, can you start off just by saying your name and the company that you're here with? Yes, I'm Bart DeCana and I'm with uh, Sofitard. So Bart, tell me a little bit more about what Sofitar is doing here at uh, DSC 2019. Yeah, and then thank you to Tyler for the opportunity to uh, talk about it. Absolutely. So uh, we're here at DSC, I think, for the fourth time already. And uh, Sofotar is a company that uh, does digital signage software, but actually it's a bit more than that. We do customer engagement through digital signage and mobile. And it's a little bit different than traditional content management systems, you know, CMS companies that would generate playlist-based signage. What we do is we create dynamic digital signage based on either sales or presence data. So let me explain a little bit what that means. Mm -hmm. Sales data uh, would uh, be from obviously the point of sale uh, or from an equipment that's related to the point of sale, like the receipt printer is actually what we use. Right. And we obtain sales data, SKU level sales data from it. We apply machine learning and AI analytics on it so that we actually generate useful data that then can drive digital signage. The best analogy is actually to, you know, with an e-commerce website mm -hmm. that, you know, would look at historical sales patterns and would put up recommendations, you know, that would be valid for you and, and, and you know, based on the time of day, day of week. So that's something similar we do with on digital signage. Okay. So the benefit to the retailer is that he actually does not need to update any playlist. It's dynamically updated as new sales transactions come in, as we run the analytics for top sellers or, you know, recommended products, we can dynamically update the signage. So that's the sales data integration. The presence data is proximity data where we actually detect who's within the viewing range of a screen. Mm -hmm. And we do that by detecting uh, beacons, uh, essentially, uh, you know, presence uh, near a beacon that would be associated with each uh, signage display. And if you're within viewing range of a beacon, viewing range of a screen within the beacon range, then we can turn your phone into a remote control for that screen. Interesting. That's fascinating. So this really seems to blend the world of e-commerce and brick-and-mortar retail, right? Because a lot of people, I think, were concerned a few years back that we would see stores disappearing and that sort of thing. But really, you're bringing uh, that full experience of e-commerce and that personalized experience that e-commerce so easily provides into the brick-and-mortar location. Yeah, that's exactly the intent. So if you look at the web, basically, the, the web has a 10-year you know, advantage. They've been personalizing web, <laughs> websites for right. over 10 years, right? right. Um, brick-and-mortar obviously cannot change their inventory based on everyone who walks into the store, but we can change signage displays based on you know, who walks in the store, who's within viewing range of a screen, mm -hmm. and provide a more personalized experience that way. Uh, you know, there's more things we can do if we're integrated with the mobile app, but there are things we can do without mobile app as well in terms of pushing personalized content uh, to your phone right. in a way that uh, is better than SMS, mm -hmm. um, but does not require a mobile app. And then we use mobile wallet passes uh, to basically have a, a personalized content that can be updated anytime. But exactly right. I mean, the overarching, you know, overarching goal is to overcome the disadvantage that has existed um, in brick and mortar compared to e-commerce and overcoming that with digital signage and mobile. 
Absolutely. So I read on your website, uh, it said Sofitar because digital signage without context is just another TV screen. Yep, yep. Uh, explain a little bit more about what that means and how you're adding that context to the conversation. Right. So, um, you know, the hardware for digital signage has become so inexpensive mm-hmm. that you see signage screens everywhere. Right. And people kind of ignore it. You know, they're mostly used for ads that are running off a playlist. And that might probably is something that I'm not really interested in when I pass by that screen. Sure. Right. So... Kind of the soundbite is, yes, it's another TV screen that just shows pre-programmed content. You know, I might not be interested in it. Um, so the context is to either link it to sales data or an interest profile mm-hmm. of somebody who is in front of that signage screen. And you can get that data either from the sales transactions that you obtain from that individual person or aggregate based on time of day, day of week, external factors such as weather patterns. Sure. Think of a department store, you know, promote the umbrellas when it rains, <laughs> raincoats when it rains, you know, probably not the summer gear, right, at that time. Right. So change that dynamically is what we do based on macro factors, but we can also base it on, base it on and change it based on micro factors, such as an interest profile that we know from Tyler, mm-hmm. if we know that you're in front of that screen. And you have, you know, opted in because everything is opt-in what we do. We don't do anything, you know, uh, that's sneaky and without your opt-in. <laughs> but, you know, opted in to our proximity network with mm-hmm. Beacons, then we can probably know something about your interest profile and show you something relevant you know, based on your interest profile. So that becomes really personalized. So we call it either contextual yeah. based on historical transactions, for instance, on the POS. We show something relevant um, on Monday morning. But you can also make it personalized if we actually have a way to detect you in front of the screen through our new what we call proxy screen, which is our proximity digital signage, where we can detect somebody within viewing range of a screen based on a beacon interaction. Yeah, yeah. Now, a lot of what you do doesn't require uh, users to to download an app or something like that, which I think is interesting and I think a great strategy because because it removes that that, uh, friction point, I think, for a lot of people where it comes to, uh, oh, this is one more step that I have to do as opposed to, um, it's just right there and it's easily accessible, I, right. I think, is a, is a big aspect of what yeah, you Yeah, and that's a great segue to um, what I just mentioned. And then the third component we offer. So we have kind of three different levels of engagement. So the contextual signage where we you know, base it off of sales transactions is kind of the, 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 you know, the step number one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it does not require an app. The whole proximity-based signage is opt-in. So there is something that the user sure. needs to install right, to get access to uh, that, for us to get access to that beacon signal. That could be the retailer's app where we're integrated into. But there's a step in between, which is exactly what you mentioned, where we can do mobile content that's specific to one customer, but we don't need a mobile app. And we use mobile wallet passes for that. And you probably know it from the airlines. They use it for boarding passes, right, that you install yeah, on your phone. Yeah. It shows up in Apple Wallet or Google Wallet on your phone. These are native apps on smartphones that are on every single iPhone, every single Android phone have them. Um, so it does not require the customer to install an app, but it has a lot of features that traditionally people think you need an app for, especially mm-hmm. a lot of retailers. You know, they are told they need an app for these features. It's not really true. For instance, geofencing. We can do that with mobile wallet passes without the customer installing an app. So you actually can get a push notification to your customers as soon as they're within 100 yards from your location when they have this mobile wallet pass installed on their phone. Mm -hmm. And installing a wallet pass is nothing else than just clicking a URL. You can distribute that URL, you know, in a Facebook ad, on your website. It can be a QR code that customers scan. We do the integration with digital signage so that you can actually scan off 
one of our digital signage displays just in the camera app on your phone, which now has a built-in QR code reader, right. and it installs the wallet pass right away on your phone. So it's literally a two or three click, you know, install to install that, that pass. The pass has locations embedded where the pass can be active. Mm-hmm. Phone shows notifications when you're within one of the, you know, within proximity of any of these locations. Does not require beacons, just works off GPS coordinates. So that's a great way, you know, to have push notifications on mobile, does not require a mobile app. A lot of people think you need a mobile app for push notifications while you don't. Right. The second thing is that we can update the content on these passes at any time. And we can do that individualized. So each person that installs a wallet pass, we can now have, you know, promoted something custom to them mm-hmm. through that wallet pass. At the same time, when we update the wallet pass, we can actually show a push notification as well. So it gives a way to engage personally with the customer, you know, without them having them install a mobile app. The only thing we don't have is the two-way interaction. Right. That does require the mobile app. So that's our proxy screen. So really three levels, contextual, no app, you know, personalized, no app with wallet passes, and then the full two-way interactivity using beacons with an app where we offer an SDK. So it can go into a retailer's app or it can be our app. Was it important for you to make sure that... Um that it's easy for retailers to uh, integrate this into what they do on a regular basis and understand the analytics and the data that they're receiving back from from your programs? Right. Yeah. So that's actually a key piece, right? So in digital signage, I mean, everybody can show pretty pictures nowadays. It's not that difficult anymore. (laughs) You know, it's all HTML5 and any web designer now can create great looking signage because you have all that history from from the web that now is applied to large-scale signage screens with HTML. So... The battle is being fought about what is the analytics now that you can provide as digital signage provider, right? What can you provide back to the business in terms of analytics? And in analytics, there is um, either aggregate analytics, Mm -hmm. where you have a number of, similar to what you have with clicks, right, on on the website. You just have a number of impressions that you count, uh, overall number of impressions or number of unique impressions, No, that's a nice starting point, but it doesn't give me as a business any way to target any particular customer because, you know, I don't have any profile information about them. So the other area is then, well, we go towards using add-ons like cameras, right, where we actually are going to track, maybe do face recognition. Mm -hmm. It's very contested from a privacy perspective. You know, the world has changed a lot in the past year (laughs) in terms of privacy. So it becomes more and more difficult to actually do individualized detection of people based on that because it doesn't have an Mm opt-in. So what we choose in our proxy screen is that it's based on Bluetooth. Uh, You know, you opt into location access into the app that uses our SDK. Uh, But once we have that location access, we now have personal information that you enter maybe an interest profile yeah right and we know when you're within a beacon area where the system is active we don't track you anywhere else only when you're within that beacon area you know that retailer that uses our sdk in their app but we know when you're there even when you don't launch the app on your phone and now we can give individualized data analytics back to the business so it's much more than aggregate it also allows us to now have personalized content that we push to that customer. Even content that we start on screens, when you walk into the location, something that likely is of interest to you because we detect when you're entering the beacon range yeah. and we can show something on screen that you know could be of interest to you. So it moves us from playlist-based signage and that other TV screen, right? That you just another TV screen that you mentioned yeah. to something that's of likely interest to you without going 
into the, sne the sneaky part of doing things without you opting in and we don't do any Wi-Fi sniffing or anything that yeah. you know you're not opting in for okay that makes that makes sense so this really is just kind of the avenue for people as I think one of the big themes this year is just um, creating more interactive and um, engaging experiences for customers and I think this is a great avenue to do it for people that have already uh, like you said, put up the nice screens. Now they can create something that actually interacts with customers. Exactly, and it's compatible. Our system is compatible with any hardware. We're mm -hmm. totally hardware agnostic. So if you want to make your existing screens interactive, you don't need to upgrade to touchscreens. You don't need to install cameras. Uh, you know, it's a simple beacon install, which are literally a few dollars per beacon. Yeah, it's very inexpensive. Uh, we offer a SaaS-based plan, so it's mm -hmm. software as a service. We layer on top of your existing CMS. So if you have an existing CMS, you don't need to change your CMS. You can layer on top of that because basically our presentations are HTML5. We just have a little piece of code in it that will get the triggers from our backend so that it triggers the right content based on who's in proximity. But fundamentally, we're compatible with any CMS system that can show HTML signage. Uh, we can give you the analytics as a business on top of that. So you move from playlist-based playlist signage to something more contextual and personalized with data analytics without having the large investment you know, in, uh, in, in dedicated hardware. Fascinating. So Bart Decana from Softar, thank you so much for taking some time to stop and talk to me about uh, adding that context to your digital signage. I love, the, I love that quote and I love, the, uh, I love what you're doing. So thank right. you so much for taking some time well, to talk to me. Thank you, Tyler. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks to Bart DeCana for joining us there. And I, I really enjoyed that conversation just about how you can add context to digital signage. I think that really is a, an interesting way of putting it and a great way of thinking about it. And also just the ways that they're able to reduce those friction points of having to download an app for a lot of what they do, I think is also big for retailers as you think about blending that e-commerce and brick and mortar space when it comes to retail. All right, coming up next is my conversation with Penn Arthur, the co-founder of Enhance Digital. And I found him particularly fascinating to talk to because they've been on the cutting edge of so many different technologies that I couldn't wait to pick his brain just about what's coming down the pipeline, what's coming in the future. So we're going to have a great conversation about augmented reality and some of the possibilities that are surrounding that. That's coming up next here on the Market Scale DSE podcast. Your name and uh, company you work for in your position. So uh, I'm Penn Arthur, CEO of Enhanced Digital. And Enhanced Digital seems to be just very much on the cutting edge of a lot of different industries. Tell me a little bit more about what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we started the company 22 years ago, and our, our initial goal is to take the best from film and visual effects and the best from video game industries and put those two things together to help companies that have high science and high technology really to better explain their products, better sell their products, better to explain the science and complexity behind their solutions. And, and we've done that. We've been doing it for 22 years. Um, from a cutting-edge perspective, we were doing virtual reality in 1999. Uh, we've, we've invented multiplayer interactive games that teach companies about, you know, companies' products and solutions. We've, we've done immersive interactive and surround theaters, interactive touch walls, all different types of technology. This is really interesting. So how is current technology just with, I mean, you mentioned doing VR 20 years ago, you know, and that's kind of just coming into vogue uh, in the rest of the world, I suppose. But how are emerging technologies really changing the way that 
people are interacting with products and interacting with, with in, in, a, in a number of different ways. I mean, I, I think a lot of things changed when the iPhone came out because people got used to that touching and, and, and pinching and, yeah, and interacting yeah. that way. Um, and I think that technology just kind of helped deliver that to the rest of the world. We've always had interactive touchscreens and interactive things uh, running at trade shows and running at permanent installations. But nowadays, I think taking the next step and going to virtual reality where you can put somebody in an environment that they could never go to, mm -hmm. like inside of the body, you know, at, at molecular scale or transporting them to the surface of the moon or, or at the bottom of the ocean, you do some amazing things. And now with augmented reality, the ability to put on a pair of glasses and see holograms virtually sitting there in the real world is really amazing. So a lot of the things we do for trade shows involve people bringing large pieces of equipment like an automobile or a truck or an airplane. And you can now have a complete virtual stand-in object that you can walk around as if it's really there and interact with it in a way that you couldn't interact with. It's fascinating. So I, I think in a, in a certain way, just as you were describing it earlier, this seems to blend the idea of experience along with education and the ability to interact, I suppose, kind of blends those three ideas, interact, educate, experience, all of it, those it things. It does. And that's kind of our name. Our, our name was, what do we do? Well, we enhance information. So information enhancement, that's how we formed our name, which is really, you know, educating people. In, in engaging and interactive way. And you're able to do that nowadays with the new tools and technologies. The screens have gotten brighter, better resolutions. You can really see heavy details. And now with augmented and virtual reality technologies, you can take people to places they couldn't go before and bring virtual objects into places you couldn't bring them before. And I think that that kind of just enhances this idea, I guess, of experiential storytelling of a product and, and allows people to understand uh, its history, what it looks like, where it comes from, that, that, all of that sort of thing to help them understand things better. Absolutely. And you can do amazing things like, you know, x-ray inside of things and pull out an engine and pull it apart or be able to go to the nanomolecular level and see how a molecule interacts you know, against cancer inside the body. You can visualize things and do things you couldn't do, you know, 15, 20 years ago. It sounds like like you're making uh, Iron Man's lab come to life almost in, in real life, right? Like, a, are you Tony Stark is my question. <laughs> no, but my business partner is. And, and seriously, he's got a massive Iron Man collection in his office. And, you know, all those things that you see on television and you've seen in all the science fiction movies, we actually wanted to really build some of those things. And we, and we feel like we have. We've actually built some really engaging, interactive things that had never been done before. You know, things like using a transparent OLED and, and a screen behind it and having a virtual person step onto the glass that you touch and you interact with. And, and we've got some of those things running in our booth that we can show. It's pretty amazing. That's really, really fascinating. So it, just in your opinion, do companies think outside the box enough when it comes to incorporating that education and experience like we were talking about before? Well, they do. Some companies always want to one-up one each other <laughs> at, at, a, at a show or at an event. They always sure. say, well, what, what hasn't been done before? What can we do that's, you know, we don't want to be like the other guy. We want to do something different. Yeah. And that's the great thing about Enhance is our ability to come up with new things, like taking some of the amazing hardware that you see at a show like Digital Signage Expo you know, we, we are always coming to the show seeing what's the latest and greatest and then combining those things with other technologies to create something new that's never been seen before. That's what we do. What are you seeing here today that you think you know, that's kind of got your wheels turning, the, the gears are in motion, that you think, okay, this is something that we could build on? 
you know, I've been stuck in my booth, but so I haven't really walked <laughs> this this floor. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really like the hypervision walls. Those are very cool. Um, you know, certainly to take that to the next level and add some interactivity to that, I think would be really cool. Explain that what that is for somebody that's listening that's well, not the, here. The, the hypervision yeah. is is it's spinning, rotating LED wheels that generate what appears to be a holographic image that floats above the wall. And you can string multiples of those together to create, you know, a large scale, almost a holographic image uh, in, against the wall. I was watching it and taking a video of it earlier just because I was fascinated by the fact that the image was going past the borders, you know, the boundaries of the wall. And I thought, how the heck are they doing that? Yeah, I mean, some of the, some of the LED technology is becoming bigger and brighter and the pixels have become denser and you know, those things work really great for large-scale, you know, experiences at a, at a show or at a venue. Um, you know, transparent uh, technologies, transparent touch, transparent mm-hmm. LED, transparent OLED, uh, those are really cool technologies. Um, you know, a lot of the projection stuff that is happening, projection mapping and warping and blending of projection on, on different surfaces is fun. We just did a really cool project for a briefing center where we had a a big screen that came down, covered the windows. We projected on the floor, projected on a column, and a disaster happens and a flood comes in and the water rushes behind you over your feet, and then you can interact with the water on the floor. Wow. So really, really cool stuff. What are some of the things that you see that you think are going to be coming down the, the pipeline in the future? You know, you're, you're the guy that was ahead of VR by 20 years. You know, what, what are you seeing? I think augmented reality uh, is going to become, the devices are going to become more like just standard wearable glasses. They're going to become lightweight, pull it out of your pocket, you put it on, and you have what's called always-on computing mm-hmm. right in front of you. And, you know, I think companies like Magic Leap and, and Microsoft HoloLens and probably Apple, you know, they're not talking about it. They're probably going to come up with something that's going to make this technology better, smarter, faster, where you can just put on your glasses and you can get overlaid information about anything. You'll be walking down the street and you're going to get pop-ups telling you what restaurants are having specials and things like that. So I think the augmented reality technology we're really excited about, or mixed reality. Can you foresee a day when uh, maybe every mechanic has kind of what you're talking about, the ability to, to pull up on a screen and, and pull up and interact with, um, you know, either in, in AR, VR, you know, interact with the motor and, and, and see its different components and things like that? Absolutely. We're doing that now. And we, we d- we've done a proof concept for the Air Force where a maintainer puts on his headset, his glasses. He looks right at the aircraft where he's working. Boom, up pops up the overlays, tells him what parts he needs, and steps that person step by step what bolt to turn, the bolt highlights, the direction arrow spins and tells you what direction to turn, brings up the tool, tells you what tool to use. So... Somebody with very limited experience could be walked through step-by-step step how to f- actually fix and repair something. And that's going to be a big part of the things that we do for training and also for actual what we call step-by-step work instruction. Could this, could you, I guess, could, could this also be incorporated into a retail setting when someone is walking around and they see an object and they think, well, what is this? What does this do? And, th- and then all of a sudden more information is there at their fingertips? Absolutely. And that's why I think that, you know, for a digital signage or for an expo like this, Augmented reality is going to be huge. People are going to now have a pair of glasses. They can be walking down the grocery store aisle, and things are popping up telling them what ingredients are in, are in a package yeah. or telling them how many calories or telling them that it's a special or they have a digital coupon, just select here, and it automatically gets fed into their system, and then it gets fed into the register. So, I mean, there's a ton of really, really incredible things I think are going to happen over the course of the next few years. Yeah, that, that, that really seems to make... Um 
I, I guess just that interactive aspect of things that everybody here is, that's involved in the retail space is talking about, that really seems to bring it to life in a way that not a whole lot of other people are considering. Yeah, we're, we've also worked with uh, Intel on a couple of uh, visualizations of what you know retail might look like from an AI perspective. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, there's so many different types of sensors that you have cameras in the store and you can track people's movements and you can follow them. And it's a little big brotherish, a little scary. You can kind of know about what the person is from their RFID or, mm-hmm. or from their smartphone. You can kind of tell by their behavior whether they're going to make a purchase. You can actually interactively lay the floor out and lay the, lay the, the, the store out differently and see what the traffic patterns are. So, you know, those things are all coming. And, and I think uh, a lot of this stuff is here. It's just a matter of putting things together and making it work. Yeah. Well, if you want to know what's coming down the pipeline in the future, Penn Arthur and Enhance, that's I-N-H-A-N-C-E, they're on top of it. So, Penn, thank you so much for stopping by and having a chat with us today. Hey, no, thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. And stop by their booth if you're at uh, Digital Signage Expo. I'm sure they've got some fascinating things over there as well. So make sure to stop by. Uh, but if not, go to their website, check out more of what they have going on. Yep, www.enhance.com. There you go. All right, thank you to Penn Arthur for joining us there at DSE and having that conversation with us about what Enhanced Digital does and how they always keep an eye towards the future. I really appreciate that and appreciate getting to have that conversation with him. Unfortunately, that's all for this episode of our DSE podcast, but don't worry, we have two more just like it that are going to come out over the next several days, featuring more thought leadership from people around the industry that were there at Digital Signage Expo 2019 at the Las Vegas Convention Center. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Always keep checking up on the Market Scale Pro AV industry vertical just to make sure that you are apprised of all the recent content that we've come out with on that page so make sure you bookmark that and check it frequently like i said we'll be back soon with another episode from dsc but until then i've been your host today tyler kern thanks for listening